He had a really good move, actually. I had a, a tin of mints and I was kind of handing them out to our friends. And I was like, hey, do you want one? And and he was like, well, let me taste it first because I had one in my mouth. And I was like, okay. Like that was a good line. Yeah. off of a therapy session and I actually was talking about Friday night with my therapist. So I was like, oh, I need to share that on the podcast. Like I had like a takeaway that I hadn't thought of before. Mm. And so I'm excited about this one. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Uh, well, everybody, welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Deep. I'm Elle. And I'm V. And I guess today's going to be a smorgasbord of ketchup because you had a yeah. big weekend and I can't wait to hear all the details of your travels and sex and fun. And I've got some, yeah. some sexy updates for you too. So we'll share. <laughs> wait, do you want to share yours first? I'm excited to hear. Well, you know how the other week we like legitimately planned our future show recordings and we talked about doing a show about butt stuff. And we both were a little hesitant because we were like, oh my God, like we haven't been doing butt stuff. We have to get into it. Like let's, let's start practicing. And we gave ourselves a deadline for trying some butt stuff out. So this weekend, Em and I had, um, we both did, uh, well, we put butt plugs in first and started out that. And I worked from, I only had one butt plug in, but he worked from a small to a medium and kind of, we just kind of sat and played and it was this on and off setting. So then eventually- On and off setting. So it was a vibrating butt plug? No, 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 no. So just on and off, like different settings of the of the butt plugs, I mean. Oh, okay. Different sizes. Yeah. Different sizes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we started off with butt plugs and then we did a lot of foreplay. He put me in the swing and like ate me out and I wasn't allowed to touch him. That was the rule. And so mm. it was all just me receiving, which was really hot. And then- um switch each other's butt plugs. And I wanted to put a dildo in me and it's a pegging cock dildo. So it's really, it's not thick. Like I, I, I can't even describe the girth, but I'd say it's maybe like an inch in diameter, like left to right. It's not super big, but it's long. And so I was trying to put it in my own butt and I actually couldn't get it in. Like I needed him to put it in. And I've realized that every time I do butt stuff, I generally don't put it in myself. I'm always like, can you put it in for me? Can you put it in for Ooh. me? And I don't know why I do that because I feel like I should be putting it in myself. It's my asshole. <laughs> like mm. I know what it feels like. I know if it's too fast or too slow, but I couldn't get this one in and it was just a little flimsy and it just kept like bending and slipping. And I didn't have, but I'm, I'm not lying. My fingers got tired from trying to push it. In. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, so did he yeah. end up helping you yeah. get it in? Yeah. So I had to have him push it in for me and we slowly worked it in and it was, it was small enough to where I could handle the penetration, like in and out kind of a movement. And mm -hmm. he got pretty far in. Like if you were to look at your hand, I mean, it probably goes from the tip of your middle finger down to your wrist. He probably, Whoa. that's how long it is. Yeah. It's pretty long. So he probably got like 75% of that in me. And, Damn. you know, I finally felt the feeling of the second sphincter. Have you ever had something go so deep? It hits the second sphincter. 
Wait, I'm sorry. Am I dumb? What is the second sphincter? My jaw just like went, what? <laughs> so you have your butthole. That's the first one. And then you have your rectum. And then your rectum doesn't generally hold poop. It's just kind of like the exit chute. And then between the rectum and actually your colon is another sphincter. And that's kind of like where your poop would sit is up higher. So when you hit the second sphincter, like he got so deep, it, it like took my breath away a little bit. I was like, Oh, I was like, that was, that was it. I felt it. But then after he hit it, it almost got more sensitive. Like I feel like my reaction time to sensitivity, I just tightened a little bit more and then it didn't Mm. feel as nice after that. Mm. So I maybe lasted like another two minutes or so. And I was like, I think I need a break. I need you to take it out. And I was like, but once you take it out, you're probably not going to get back in. (laughs) Have you ever used poppers with anal? Yeah. So I have not with anal, but I've used poppers with sex because I hear it's awesome no matter when you use it or where you use it. So yeah, we have them here, but you can only really use them like once, maybe twice at most three times in a session because I find that anything more than that, I get a headache from it. Oh my God. I got such a bad headache. So yeah. I don't want really to use it anymore. Yeah. But... I was going to say, so how have you used it? When, when did you use it? I do think it's helpful with that stuff because I, I used to use it with my Dom. Um, and it was just like, you know, basically like inhale right before he puts it in. And it was extremely helpful. And I know that's why poppers are notoriously um, popular in the gay community because Mm -hmm. it's good for relaxing the arse. Open it up, slide it in. Yeah. Um, So we did not use poppers, but we saw it. We saw it a really good time. So then he, we, you know, we washed the toy and switched and then I ended up putting it in him and, um, did it reach his second sphincter? <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point, yeah. <laughs> um, I ended up putting him in the swing and mm. pegging him with my strap on. I got to break in my new strap on harness mm. and that was, Oh yeah. Cause you got a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said to him, I should really need to like hang up and put my old one in a frame. <laughs> Oh my God. I actually love that. Your house is big enough too, that you could have like, I don't know, like a sex room where like mm-hmm. you just have sex memorabilia and stuff. <laughs> sex. Well, wait a minute. So in our closet, we're redoing our closets right now and we're building a cabinet locking door so that we can hang our floggers, hang all of our, you know, paddles and all the things that we use, the spreader bar, have a drawer, like a jewelry drawer, but it's going to be for our butt plugs and all of our little toys and vibrators and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so um, maybe I'll put my member, my memorabilia thing in there. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. Cause have you ever seen on Netflix, how to build a sex room? Yes. Uh-huh. I've checked it out. I feel like the closet that you're creating probably is like something out of that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And I wanted, I told M that I wanted to put like, um, like an ottoman in the middle of the room. And mm. he said, well, instead of an ottoman, let's, let's take a look at a liberator and put that in your, and I was like, oh my God, that could double as a piece of furniture. I said, most of the time there will be clothes on it. <laughs> Can you describe a liberator? 
Yeah. So it's a, it's basically a sex sofa, but it's ergonomic that you can be in multiple positions and it's comfortable for both partners. I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know if it's, you would call it an S shaped. You've seen a liberated before, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's an S shape essentially like the way that you would lie, lie, like sit in it. And so you could, as a girl, it's comfortable to ride on top. I think you'd be a little bit more Mm. in a squatting position, but yeah, I think it's comfortable. I've used one before with our Texas couple. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You should definitely do that. And I think if it was my closet too, a lot of clothes would be on top of it most of the time too. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned. We might have a liberator. If it, I just feel like it's a huge piece of furniture. So we have to just see if it fits. That's and you'll end. have to do like a closet tour when for the Instagram when oh my you God, yes. Got it done. Yeah. I, cool. I can't wait to have a locked cabinet for all of our sex toys. Cause right now <laughs> we have this duffel bag system for all of our sex toys. And every, we have three, literally they're tackle boxes. We got them at Home Depot or Walmart. And that's how we separate our toys. So, you know, cause if silicone touches silicone, you can damage it and it discolors and, and then our flogger and all of our other stuff, we just kind of smush them in there. And it's just not the right way to take care of some of this stuff. And mm-hmm. I could just see the wear on some of these nice items that we have. Like my flogger is this really nice built flogger. And I can already see it starting to unravel on one of the parts of the handle. And I'm just Mm. disappointed I didn't take care of that a little bit better, but I didn't have any other place to hang it, you know, and just really store it properly. So I'm just really excited to take care of our stuff and then to also see what we have very easily. I find that I will go through my bag and be like, oh my God, I forgot about this. Or "Look, look at this vibrator I haven't tried in a long time. So the likelihood of playing and using toys is so much higher if you can fucking see them. Yeah. How do, <laughs> how do you, so you and Jay live in different spaces. So what do you have double of everything? Do you, every time you oh go my over God, there? No. I mean, living separately, just the way that geographically our apartments work, usually we're staying at my place like during the week. So that's more like just run-of-the-mill sex, if you will. (laughs) So I have the vibrator that works and I have him. And that's like the extent of the playing we usually do here. So like our more relaxed, time-consuming sex is on the weekends when we're typically at his place. So like we have butt plugs and like, you know, my mask and um a war what's it called wartenberg re- wheel oh right right the spiky thing that you yeah roll. spiky mm-hmm. wheel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um we have floggers and riding crops and stuff over there so yeah oh that reminds me i had a request on saturday with M that i wanted to practice my flogging skills i'm really feeling the flogger these days and not receiving. I want to, I want to give, so I want to get really good with my skills and the swinging. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> winner, winner. <laughs> Please practice on me. Um, so on Saturday night, me, uh, Jay, Holly, a couple of other, our other friends here in New York, we went to this big, like burning man camp, Halloween party in Brooklyn. It's called City of Gods. Mm. It was incredible. It's not a lifestyle party. It's just like, you know, a ravey kind of party. But Mm -hmm. this one camp is, I would say, 
sexually open and very open-minded. It's called Glam Cocks. Mm. And they did have one set up in a corner where there was an Alexander Cross with a dom who was doing impact play mm. um, and a woman who was doing electro play. And we got some really cool ideas from her kit because when you – have we ever talked about electro play on here? Yeah, we have. Very briefly. Yeah, we talked about it with um Atlanta couple. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh go back to the edging episode if you want to hear more about electro play people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she had it so that she was the conductor. She didn't have like a tool that she had plugged in and was the conductor of the electricity, she was the conductor so that whatever she held became the tool. Uh-huh. Um, so she had these, I've seen them before on like Etsy or like in cool photo shoots or something, these like almost claw-like metal fingertips. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about by saying that? I mean, I can imagine them. Is it does it does it act and double as like a nail? Yeah, kind of like a nail. Okay. Yeah, but they're metal. Yeah, okay. And yeah. so she was like scratching my back with that. And mm-hmm. so of course, if it's metal, like it was very conductive. Um, she was using tinsel, which mm-hmm. is super conductive. And I'll tell you, that was actually the most intense. Ooh. And I actually did tell her to stop Ooh. with that one. I did not need to tell her to stop with any of the others. And I'm proud to say she said... I could take the highest setting, and she was very impressed with my threshold. Wow. <laughs> and then she also used, you know, those metal head scratchers? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She used that. Oh, wow. Which is, was really cool. So I think, you know, just looking around your house, it's like, hmm, what do I have that could be an interesting, yeah, you know, conductor, conductor of electricity? Uh-huh. Wow. I've never used the Wartenberg wheel when being a conductor. Like oh, that would be cool. Yeah, hundred percent. That would be a cool tool. So when yeah. you said that you were able to uh, take the intensity, when you at, when you told her to stop, what did it feel like for you? Like what what was it like that made you say stop? Did it was it painful? Is it just a localized sensation, or does it actually radiate? to more of your body, like your whole body. It was localized and it felt like I was being zapped at a higher intensity, yeah, you know? It's a little stinging. With, yeah. Like I'm trying to think when you get static electricity, right? From your clothes, it doesn't hurt. Right. But you, I'm sure you've been zapped with static electricity where it's more intense and you're like, oh shit, that yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little bit more than that. I see. So, you know, you can go from like just the light little zaps that are like, ooh, that tickles or something like that to fuck, that hurts. Okay. So, gotcha. and it's sustained rather than just a quick zap. Mm. So mm, that's that probably the part difference. That, yeah. 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 So how did you, how did you get involved in that play session with her, this experience with her? Did you walk up and invite yourself or you just, did she offer? Yeah, we just walked over and basically Burning Man and City of Gods and anything that's kind of like burner adjacent like that. It's all about, you know, what you give to the community and providing 
interesting experiences, fun experiences, silly experiences, deep experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you didn't have to pay for it. You could tip if you wanted to. We did choose to tip because obviously they they work fucking hard, especially the guy who was doing impact. Like, fuck, it takes a lot of work. And I know three of the girls in our group got impact play from him and it was beautiful but like even five minutes he was like dripping sweat you know and yeah. we were like thank you for doing this <laughs> but um so yeah we just went over and we just said um hey like can I do this and you know they ask you a couple of questions so she asked have I done this before okay um so here's some hand signals because I actually sat backwards on a chair so that she could do my back because mm. she asked me if I wanted the front of my body or the back of my body. I said the back. Mm-hmm. And so she said, okay, so here's your hand signals, you know, like give me a, a cutoff motion if you want me to stop fully. Mm. Um, do a thumbs down if you need the intensity to go lower, but you don't want me to stop. Thumbs up if you want it to go up higher mm. and give me an okay signal if, you know, it's okay. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> keep, keep doing it. So, you know, they, they did have some ground rules and stuff for us so that it was safe. Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing when I went over to the Alexander Cross. He was like, you know, have you done impact play before? Am I allowed to touch you? So he asked for consent. He said, would you like me to put the cuffs on you? Because there were cuffs up at the top. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to just hold it? Uh, and fuck I said, yeah. No, time maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, you sent me that video of you in this room and there was dark and there was lights and you looked so hot. Your back was to him and you were tied up on the Alexander cross. And then at one point he hit you like, I don't know if it hit you hard, but you had like kicked your your head up and looked up and you could see like your whole jaw and your neckline. It was so mm-hmm. hot. I, was, I wish I could hear it better, but I bet like the music was loud, right? So you guys couldn't talk to each other. So the hand signals has to be more important then. Is that correct? Like you couldn't communicate? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Um, and in the BDSM episode that we do, I know we're going to go way more in depth into this, but uh, – I think that's really important to stress anybody who is like new to BDSM. It's so important to communicate throughout. So set up how you're going to communicate. If you have a ball gag in your mouth, you can't say red. Right. If that's your hard stop, that's your, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Your 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 your, your word safety word. word. Thank you. Safe Safe word. word. Um, (laughs) You can't say your safe word in certain situations, right? So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Sometimes it's a a sound just like made with the throat, like right, right, or it's hand motions. But sometimes you have a ball gagging and you're tied up, so then it goes to that throat noise or whatever. So it's just so important. And you're right in this situation, he can't hear me. So he needs to be able to read me. And this guy doesn't know me, right? I just go, I go up to him. And of course there were tons of people around. So I was in a, I felt very safe that like, I was not going to be taken advantage of. And he seemed very professional. He was. Mm -hmm. And so it was a great experience. I felt very safe. He communicated really well. And I felt very, I felt great. So all of this to say, he ended with, 
a flogger. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful, like looking at my friends getting the flogger and then looking at the video of him doing it to me. It's just such a kind of like graceful, artistic movement. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can practice on me anytime you want. <laughs> I am down. There is this company that I've been scoping out to buy a new flogger from because they have rainbow colored and all different types with like, they'll have the tails and then they have even smaller tails at the end of them. I don't know how to describe it, but it changes. It goes from thicker to thinner. And I feel like that would change the sensation, obviously from thudsy to stingy. So um, definitely, definitely interested in practicing. So and I haven't used your sex swing yet. Ooh, man, we're addicted to it. It is the <sighs> most comfortable thing I've ever been fucked in. And it just, the positions, even just in missionary, just, you know, walking forward a few steps, my weight sits on his hips better so he can get deeper. Or if he just takes mm. a few steps back, you can, we swing more. So it's just this, it's amazing what you could do just in one position with yeah. that. So, so I was excited to fuck him in, in it to see how, you know, he got to experience it. Cause it's actually really comfortable. The, yeah. the older models of sex swings didn't come with a head a neck rest. And now the newer ones do so that your neck mm. just isn't flailing back. That's so important. Uh, I think that's really awesome too, for you guys, you know, you didn't get to go on Friday night where, you know, a bunch of our friends were and like, you kind of just like had your own fun little play session and were playful, just the two of you. Mm -hmm. And that's great. It really does sound like you're taking advantage of it since you put it up. So yeah, it's gotten to the point where we start going into the work week and we're like, oh shit, did we take the sex wing down? Your mom's coming (laughs) or the cleaners are coming. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. It's the new thing. Do you think that that has anything to do with like comfort while you're pregnant fucking? Like, do you think? Oh, like being in the sex swing, like just physically feeling there? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think so. Um, No, I mean, it's just comfortable overall. I think that once I become more pregnant, I'm going to be limited to the positions that I can do. Because I could be on my back probably, but I won't be able to lay on my tummy. Actually, that's probably false because my belly would just find a spot right in the middle. So, But would it be comfortable for you? That's the thing. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Stay tuned. Because, I mean, it's it's so interesting. We've had the sex wing for so long and we consistently fucking it the same exact way. But it's so good that we're like, why are we trying a new position? This is the best. This is the best. And so, but now we have a goal that by the end of the year, we're going to try every position that is available. And it's funny when you Google, (laughs) when you Google sex swing positions and guys go ahead and do this because it's, you know, Google and it's a little bit more public information. It doesn't necessarily take you to like real people who are acting out the positions in a sex wing. They end up using these little like figurine wooden models. Oh my God. In the swing and positioning them that way. (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. So check it out. That that's a great goal to have. Yeah. It's fun. So fucking with goals, goal oriented fucking. <laughs> so so you mentioned your party on Saturday night, but you also had an adventure on Friday night that I want to hear about. So tell us about your Friday night. 
So Saturday was not lifestyle, like I said. Friday was. So this is Halloween weekend, and a couple of our friends from Hito were throwing a Halloween lifestyle party. And (laughs) Jay and I are fucking crazy for doing this, but we flew in on Friday after work and flew out on Saturday at one o'clock in order to get home in time for going to City of Gods. So, but we knew it was like, we, this is not a typical thing for us, but we wanted to do both. And we were like, fuck it. Life's for living, man. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. And no regrets. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I don't have regrets. I am a little bit tired today, but I will say that not drinking makes a massive difference. Yeah. You know, even if I'm staying up late, yes, I am tired and I will feel it the next day. But in my drinking days, like, oh my God, the, the hangover. hangover the, yeah. The headaches. The, the headaches, the way your body kind of like burns, like, oh God. Yeah. Not to mention I'm a thrower upper when I hang up. When I am hungover. So, you know, to travel the next day, fuck. Oh my God. That's like the It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nightmare. So I think that I was able to do this because I was not drinking. So I get there at 11 o'clock on Friday night. (laughs) And everyone is already dressed up and stuff. It was so great to see everybody in their costumes and... I was lucky that I made it just in time for the consent speech, which I want to talk about, and Mm. then the costume contest. So I actually was – I went up to the hosts and I was like, guys, I'm like taking notes. You guys like have some cool things here that I want to incorporate into my parties in the future. So number one, this seems like such a simple thing, but it is incredible. So they had a back deck for smokers to go out on. And we were all in tiny costumes or lingerie or some of us nothing. (laughs) And they had a rack, one of those just little like standing racks that like cheap ones that you can get at Kmart for $15 with hangers with robes on them. Oh my God. I was imagining like And they were all matching robes. Well, (laughs) fur coats, like whatever you want, but like they were just there for people to use and then put them back when you come back in and someone else can use them. It was amazing. (laughs) So that was one of the notes that I had. And another one was I loved this as a prize for the winner of the costume contest. They get a fantasy fulfilled. So the hosts would help to facilitate the execution of whatever that fantasy is. And in the invite, it was told that that was what the prize would be. Mm -hmm. So everybody could come and like be ready to say what they wanted and to have thought about it, you know, rather than be like, Oh, uh, I don't know. You know? So yeah, um, the winner was a dude and he wanted like a many tongued massage of his dick. Mm. So I was not part of it, but I, he did receive it, I heard. So, <laughs> um, and I did not participate in the uh, contest, but I thought it was 
really, really fun to get it started off. And this group of people, I think there were like between like 40 and 60 people. Wow. It was a big house. Yeah. A lot of different like tight knit groups of friends, which mm-hmm. was really beautiful because there was some overlap, but then some sticking to your friends. So like you're, mm-hmm. you have these really safe places and it was a great mixture of new and old people. Mm. So they had curated it very well, even though that is a large number. Yeah. It seems like they really have curated their groups and only invite very respectful, consent-loving people. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. So at no point did I feel any kind of weirdness or anything with that number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about the all the behind the scenes that it takes to throw a party for 40 to 60 people because we've done... Our biggest was 23 and 26, I think. And it's a lot to coordinate. And so did you notice anything that they did there that made it more successful for for a larger group? Would you say, was there a designated play area? Did people sleep over at the house or was everyone expected to leave? So I think that's the thing. Only one couple stayed there. Oh, wow. And so it was just like people coming to be there for the party and then leave. Mm. And so I think that makes it easier. And that was another one of my major takeaways. As we've talked about before, sometimes I can get caught up in the talking and the chilling and da, 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 and almost forget to have sex or the sex goes by the wayside. And I felt so present and in the moment and made connections and was talking and did all the catching up that I needed to do with my girls and stuff. But at the same time, I was very, you know, sex focused and goal oriented. Mm. And I think there were two aspects to that. Number one, I knew I was there in that setting for only a number of hours because we got a hotel near the airport. Um, And then just the finite amount of time that we were in Chicago in total anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Like usually we have these over like three nights or something. And so I think we can all get very focused on just like chilling and relaxing and like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing Mm -hmm. substances and, you know, because there's all the time in the world. Right. But this night felt much more focused Mm -hmm. and sexual to me because I was like, all right, it's now or never basically. Mm -hmm. And not in an unsexy way. I was, I was excited. It was, it's almost like that feeling of, you know, someone new, you, you don't know when it's going to happen again with them. Like with this, like I actually didn't really fuck anyone new or play with anyone new. I just, New, I, I don't know when I'll see them again. So I took advantage. That was one thing I was thinking about when you said new is because there's a lot of new people there that you probably had never met before. And so 
it's basically leaning into that Esther Perel, what leads to more desire and that's newness. And that's what mm-hmm. drives, you know, excitement and, and desires and fantasies and thinking about it. Like I just imagine, I imagine myself walking in that party, just looking at all the eye candy and like, oh my gosh, like just being immersed in that sexuality and newness. And the same thing that you just said, like that we only have one night. I don't know when I'm going to be back in this state again, this city. So we need to have some fun tonight. And that makes it more exciting for me. Like, I think that's why I enjoy, for me, when you were explaining it, it feels like when I go to NSFW, because yes, not as big, we have a few people that we know, we're a small group, and then we can also have our fun with the people that are there as well. And mm-hmm. I like that newness and excitement because I have my safety net with my friends and then I can mm-hmm. go explore with the new and then come back when I want to come back to safety. So for me is a very, very comfortable environment to explore. So, yes. So I didn't take advantage of playing with anyone new, although there were some very beautiful people there. And I did have some great conversations with people that maybe in the future I would enjoy Mm -hmm. fucking. But another moment that I kind of wanted to talk about on here was there was a guy there who I do find attractive. This is the second party that I've seen him at. And at the first one, I don't think we said more than three words to each other. Like, Hey, Oh, you're this person's friend. Oh, okay, cool. Bye. You know? (laughs) And then this one, he was playing with one of our friends. And so we kind of like talked a little bit there. He had a really good move. Actually. I had a, a tin of mints and I was kind of handing them out to our friends. And I was like, Hey, do you want one? And and he was like, well, let me taste it first. Cause I had one in my mouth. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> like that was a good line. Yeah, I like so, that. you know, we kissed a little bit, but I I really don't feel like I know him. And as you know, I'm demisexual. And so like, I didn't feel like playing with him. And he actually was in another orgy situation. And he basically asked me if I wanted to play. And I used my no. And I felt really empowered and respected by him saying it. Yeah, And it was, but I, I hope and think it was a nice rejection in the moment because it's not that I don't want to hook up. It's that I want to get to know him better. Mm-hmm. I didn't just want to suck his dick to suck his dick. Like I want to, I literally just know his first name. I don't know anything else about him yeah. other than he's friends with our friends and that's cool, but not <laughs> enough for me. You know what I mean? Right, next time you can be like, Hey, I got someone who's going to sub in for me and then come tap me on the shoulder. That would have been perfect. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm proud of you. It's always good. That's always the fear is how that person's going to receive it. And so I'm glad that you felt good doing it and you felt good after it. And there's no, you know, so that's so, so awesome. Yeah. So another way that I made the most of it was, I was really proud of myself. I channeled my inner hell. Me and Jess from Atlanta, from the edging episode, uh, we were kind of talking and there were about like six of us in a room where like I was just getting mints. We were just like reapplying deodorant or something like that. And it was, we had been talking for a while and we were like, all right, guys, we got to make something happen. So Jess and I say something to each other and we're like, all right, 
where are we going to do this? Let's go. <laughs> and so we were like, we're recruiting you. We're recruiting you. So we, I think it was like a six person orgy. And what we found to be helpful was like Jess grabbed one of her toys and it was the Lilo. Mm. And she knows that I like clit suckers. And so she was like, you have to name it in order to use it. I'm not going to show you what it is. And I was like trying to guess and it like (laughs) got me excited and it was fun and playful. So we all go into the other room and we start playing. And another thing that I was noticing was it was helpful to close the door mostly. I think we had it cracked, but it gave us the feeling of privacy in such a large party, although we weren't shutting it off completely to other people, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So it let's, let's leaves a little space for a voyeur like me to peek in for a hot second. <laughs> yeah. Or like randos, which is also hot, but it also, if you are a rando and don't know us, like if you know us, right. And yeah. if you peek in, you're like, huh, who's in here? Oh, it's my friends. Like you can come in. Right. But because the door was cracked open, it wasn't closed. Mm -hmm. But if you're a rando, you probably could like look and be like, oh, that's hot. But like kind of get the sense that like, I don't know these people. They seem like they maybe kind of want it to stay closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So door cracked still means it's open. (laughs) I mean, I just want to make sure I'm, because I don't know in that situation, I, I would have invited myself in. I would have probably just peeked, even though I know you, I don't know. The door was still mostly closed. I would wait to make eye contact with someone and have someone wave me over, I think. (laughs) Just be a voyeur until someone sees me and I'm like, can I come in? Is that okay? Okay. (laughs) I want to take a vote on this on our Instagram. If you're having an, an orgy and the door is open, does that mean anyone can come in? If it's cracked but not totally shut, does that still mean people can come in? And then obviously mm-hmm. if it's closed, it's closed. You know, that's- it's, If it's closed, it's closed. Yeah. yeah. But at one point we did close it, but I had gone to um, Brandy because she was like out socializing and I just kind of like whispered in her ear. I was like, hey, like a little group of us are in there, like our friends, if you want to come up to that bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so she did come in later And she obviously was like, is this okay? And we were like, yeah. And I was like, that's why I told you, girl, come on. So (laughs) it was really nice. And we had some some good little like formations. Everybody kind of like switched around at different points. And there was a lot of like, you know, there was fucking, but there was a lot of oral and like I sat on a face and, you know, (laughs) Jay and I double teamed someone and yeah, it was great. I love it. So in the room where there are like towels, was there like any supplies? Did you guys put up lights or anything or was it just, it is what it is? So there were lights in there. Actually, interestingly enough, it was the one room in the house that did not have uh, a speaker in it. So you could hear the music through the walls, but there was no actual music in the room. Uh, but maybe that's a good thing because it was like a reprieve from like the really loud music. Yeah. You know? yeah. Sensory overload. Uh, yeah. 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 Plus, I feel like for me, like when we play, I prefer it to be a little bit more on the quiet side so I could hear the subtleties of the sounds, the breath, the moan. Cause That's all that, point. all that counts and you lose all of that during play and you're, you're basically relying.
relying on eyesight to see how their facial expressions are or what their body movements are like. If they're truly, truly enjoying it, you lose that, that subtle sound aspect that I really like. That's a very great point. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to that next time. But so one thing that they did not have was like a waterproof blanket down Mm. or it was, and I didn't realize it. I don't know. But there were no towels. There was no any of that stuff. Uh, basically, the house was set up like they told us at the beginning, like all the rooms upstairs are open. Uh, and then there's a, an actual like play area up on the third floor. We never ended up making it up there because it was a little bit too cold for us. But, <laughs> <laughs> so and that was a little bit more open. So I think our group kind of preferred the the bedrooms to keep it a little bit more private. Yeah. Uh, But then once Brandy came in and a couple of other people with her, we were like, "Um, the room with the king-sized bed is open and we're on like a double bed in here. Why don't we move? (laughs) So we moved into the other room and somehow during that time, spanking came up. And so... I said to Jess, oh, why don't you give everyone a tutorial because you're so good at it? Because I've described this when we went to Chicago last time, Jess incredibly gave me this beautiful impact session, mm-hmm. uh, like tenderizing meat. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, yeah, she, she briefly recounted a little bit of it in the edging episode too. So she did it again at this party. Yes. And longer. So basically I was on all fours on the bed. People were kind of standing at the foot of the bed and she was, you know, spanking me and kind of explaining her process and everything. And the major thing that she always says is like, really just warm it up by like kind of massaging the cheeks to get the blood flowing there. And then like, kind of like little spanks, like I'll do it on the microphone, like Like, so you gradually go a little bit harder. Yeah. Sorry, that was a little loud in your ear. Yeah. But <laughs> So yeah, you're going from softer to harder. Mm-hmm. And she does kind of like that more quick succession kind of spanking rather than just like big spanks. Mm-hmm. Um, she moved into bigger spanks towards the end once I was more warmed up. And then in between, you do this too, which I love, is like the massaging in between. So that mixture of pleasure and pain. Mm -hmm. So she's explaining this to everybody. While she's doing it, Ace comes around to my front and he starts like pinching my nipples, Mm -hmm. asking me if it's okay, lightly like grabbing my hair and pulling it, but Mm -hmm. so slowly that you almost, it almost catches you off guard when it actually is being pulled, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was just so sensual. I was just getting sensory almost overload, like just all these sensations going on in my body. And at one point, I don't know who's behind me besides Jess, but I feel other fingers Mm -hmm. and I feel other hands slapping me. And I start saying like, wait, who is that? Who is that? And Jay and Jess conspire and they're like, we need to get a mask. (gasps) And so they put a sleeping mask on me Mm -hmm. and they 
have their way. And they basically said like, you know, do you trust us? Like, and I just said, yeah, my only thing is like, you know, I want it to be people that I know and trust and you guys know. So like, I'm letting you guys be the judge of that. And, you know, they know who I know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I think um, Brandy was part of it at one point and Leah was part of it at one point as well. But there were just hands and mouths and dicks. And fun fact, I can't tell Ace and Jay apart what? with their dicks and their hairy chests. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally thought that I was giving head to Jay, but it turns out it was Ace. Oh <laughs> my God. I love that. Holy Isn't shit. That hilarious? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I'm sorry, babe, but I mean, Ace, that means I love your dick. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels, feels right at home. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I have to say, Anyone who has not had a sensory deprivation play scene done to them, I highly recommend it with mm-hmm. people that you trust. Yeah. It is so incredible. And like I couldn't tell the difference sometimes between fingers and, you know, dicks and who's tongue is on my asshole and you know like who's <laughs> my nipples right now who am i making out with it was so beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. i felt really safe so that was a highlight for me yeah i'm just picturing it did anybody record this anybody i asked for it i said guys if anybody else is consent if everybody else is consenting i'd love to get this documented, but I guess no one had a phone near them. So yeah. they weren't going to like break the scene to yes. go get a phone. So, yeah, I agree. Support, yeah. support. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that just means we'll have to do it again. Yeah. So we can get a picture again. But it ended grand finale with Jess fucking me with a dildo with mm-hmm. a, with a strap on. So mm-hmm. that was awesome. And that's when I did have to break out the vibrator Still not a dildo fan, still not a strap on fan. Okay, okay. But I liked the experience of having her do it to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like push through a little bit, like give me a wand so that I can distract my pussy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was able to find some pleasure in it while I was feeling both sensations at the same time. But I eventually just, you know, said, okay, that's enough. Thank you. So I have a question. (laughs) Thank you, mistress. Yeah. I I feel like you've been fucked by other women more recently with strap-ons. And I'm curious to get your opinion on how women fuck versus how men fuck you. Do you notice a difference in rhythm or force or speed or progression? Well, to your point of music and loudness and being able to hear sounds and and read people, I think that most often in strap-on situations, there's been a lot of loud music. So it's hard to read people's sounds. So I think that the women that I've been strapped by have gone very slow. Mm-hmm. And also, having done it myself, you can't fucking feel what they're feeling. You mm-hmm. don't know how deep you are, really. And so 
it, you know, you really have to kind of rely on them to lean into you, Mm -hmm. to show you that they want it deeper, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So to that point, I think that the women who have fucked me have gone slower for sure. Mm-hmm. A little softer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Slower and softer. To one of the things you commented about being worrying about going too deep, because sometimes they can be very long, some of these strap-ons. One of the mm-hmm. things that I do, because I have multiple sizes and I, I know mine is really large. I actually hold the base of mine and just keep my hand there so that I can fuck hard, but I don't ever go too deep because it acts as my stopper. Mm. But at the same time, I end up losing an arm to to either grab her or reposition myself or sturdy myself so that I can do different positions. So it's a little bit of this challenge where it makes me, it makes me every time I use a strap on after I'm done, I go to every man who's in the room. I'm like, kudos to you. Kudos to you. That's a lot of work. That was a lot of work. It's so challenging to coordinate positions, movement, speed, rhythm, depth, and Mm -hmm. all of that. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And now that I'm thinking about it, I I have noticed that you hold the base of it mm-hmm. subconsciously, maybe. And I thought it was just like kind of like a, a power move, like <laughs> yeah, here's my dick, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that it's hot when you do it. So all right, well, that's good. I never asked anybody what they thought about it or if they can feel it, you know. But uh, that's just my safety my safety mechanism. (laughs) Well, I think also guys have the added help of being able to feel the inside. Of course. Yeah. You know, so guys do go a little rougher, faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I find that I'll start off slow is usually my, my go-to because that's personally how I like it. Like you can't just, if I'm not super warmed up or whatever, like even if I am warmed up, you can't just go right and slam it right in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I need a little slow in and out and then we can start working up the speed and I can go a little faster. But I tend to find that there is a point in my sex where I like to go a little harder and I like to go a little faster. So I tend Mm -hmm. tend to give it a little rougher. I did lean into Jess at one point and like, kind of like, I think, you know, backed myself up against her. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because I was ready for a little bit more, but then I was like, okay, done here. And so then, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I appreciate that so much. Like when, like, I sometimes find that even if I'm getting fucked, I'm also maneuvering my hips in a certain way in rhythm with his to try and move together with him instead of just sitting there and receiving. I mean, Mm. does that make sense? So like, I appreciate that you sat back on the dick a little bit because then that's, oh, okay. I'm now I can actually get into the rhythm together with you and find out what you're liking and you're showing me what you like. I notice that with Jay sometimes, like I'll just be kind of not just laying there, but like, you know, <laughs> he is fucking me, right? Yeah. And and I like that sensation. I I like being fucked and handled. But then I do notice the difference when it feels a little bit more like a dance and and it's very sexy to move together sometimes. Yeah. Great point. And so one thing I'm adjusting to with like the sex swing is 
the dance isn't there. When you are in the swing, you are completely submissive and at the will of what that person is doing. There's nothing for you to grab on or to push against or to swing yourself other than that person. But mm-hmm. even still, like there is no leverage to, to really control anything. So it's it's interesting to be in that submissive state. So I thought it was really hot when I had Eminent over the weekend to have him in the submissive position and me pegging mm. him. I wanted him to experience that complete let go of you're just going to take what I'm going to give you. So, yeah. and yeah, so super hot. So mm. last thing is another thing that I was proud of myself for was at the very end. So we had that orgy and then we went downstairs. We were just chilling, talking. It was getting late. People were like, oh, what are we going to do? And Jay and I kind of turned to each other and we were like, let's try to get like a little more sex happening before we leave because, mm-hmm. you know, we got to we gotta make the most of it. And so we go upstairs and a couple of people who said they were going to never showed up. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it ended up just kind of being me and Jay. But then... Leah comes in and kind of just inserts herself. So we have this Ah. little threesome and it was amazing and just so fun and a great way to end the night. And then she slips out because her ride is leaving and Jay and I continue. So both of us can finish. She had just finished, thankfully. Uh, And something about that threesome that I really loved, like, when she was coming, as we all know from her being on the podcast twice, like she's very spiritual and energetic, responds to energetic vibes, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved playing with her because it felt just so mindful. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Jay was fucking her. And I was kind of like kissing her, like licking her nipples and stuff like that, kind of touching her clit a little bit to help out. Um, And she was just kind of, you know, in ecstasy, like rolling around and like moaning and stuff. And then she kind of like grabbed me to her as she was getting closer to coming. Mm. And like as she was um, building towards a climax and getting louder, she just grabbed me to her like we were in an embrace Mm. and I just that was really kind of significant for me it felt really powerful and I thought about like you know did she mean to do this? Like, does she want me to return the embrace? Like, what? She pulled. Should I move her? I know, know, but (laughs) you know, but. You know me. I'm I'm overthinking everything. Am I yeah. doing it right? Yeah. You, you did it perfectly. You you were supposed you were supposed to bathe in her orgasm. <laughs> but th- so then, you know, I I just thought about what I like when I'm orgasming, and like for someone to hold space for me, mm. and like to feel comforted. Also, I thought about how you and I have talked about with you, me, and M, and I was able to squirt that one time, I was distracted because I think you were sitting on my face or something like that. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. So like I couldn't even see what was going on down there. I could only feel it. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if also there was that aspect to it where like as she pulled me to her, I was like literally like 
over top of her. She couldn't see Jay fucking her. Mm -hmm. So maybe it also helps just like tune into the sensation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a while being held. A form of sensory deprivation, a hundred percent. Yeah. It shuts it shuts off one sense and it accelerates another. Yeah. Oh my God. That was that was really, really cool. Yeah. And you know, we ended on a high note and orgasm. So yes. super sexy. <laughs> it was a, it was a great party. Yeah. It was a successful weekend. <laughs> sex, successful. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for hearing all my deeds. Oh my god, I couldn't <laughs> wait. I was so excited to hear it all. So now the Ooh, next, what? Wait. We're going to have a segment I think almost every time now it's going to be like a recurring segment. So Ask Dr. L. <laughs> so with these lifestyle parties, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. We get sick afterwards yes. because yeah. we're up late. Our immune system is down. We're making out with a bunch of other sluts who have made out with a bunch of other sluts. Mm-hmm. And so we're all swapping germs. And so... How do you boost your immune system? Do I start a week before? Do I start two weeks before? What do I do afterwards? Right. Please and thank you. I'm going to say that your health should always be a priority every day. (laughs) No, that's the cheesy answer. So honestly, like if you're, here's what I do if I'm going into these weekends and I know I'm going to be doing all these things and not sleeping is while I'm there, I try to make better decisions with the options I have in front of me. Like if there's food in front of me, I'm not reaching for sugar or candy or chips or anything else because there have been studies done that when you eat sugar, they have measured the activity of your white blood cells after consuming sugar. And in the study, they use like a glass of orange juice and as an example. And what they found is that your white blood cells function at 70% less activity and the, the, after consuming the sugar, that effect lasted for about six hours. So you're literally shutting off your white blood cells. So, and the reason why is because sugar competes for the same pathway as vitamin C. So now vitamin C can't get in, it can't activate part of the mechanism for the white blood cell to work. So number one, avoid sugar a hundred percent leading up to the, leading up to the trip while you're there. And when you get back and though, and when we think about sugar, it's obviously you think of free sugar, like candy, but you also have to think of things that turn into sugar very quickly, which is anything made from flour, whether it's a gluten or whether it's gluten-free. So think of your cookies, your you know, your breads, your pastries, your bagels, all of those things can turn into sugar very quickly. And so they can change the aspect. Now, when they did the study, they tested sweet potatoes too, and that didn't do the same thing. And it's because Mm. sweet potatoes are a whole food. They have fiber, there's other nutrients. And so it wasn't as high of a sugar release as quickly. And so it didn't affect the white blood cells the same way as say a glass of orange juice did. So the type of food that you choose matters. So the more processed the food, the more quickly it'll turn into sugar. And that's what's going to inhibit your white blood cells from working properly. And also your mixers for alcohol. Yeah, exactly. So I don't do, like if I do alcohol, it's like a splash of pineapple, a splash of cranberry. Like that's not going to make or break the bank. So choosing your alcohol wisely makes a big difference here as well. A hundred percent. So, and then obviously there's like basic things you can do. There's basic nutrients that everybody needs. Vitamin D is huge. People underestimate the need for vitamin D. I'd say about nine out of 10 Americans are deficient. 
And the darker your skin, the more likely you are deficient as well. So you need to be taking vitamin D. And especially when you're not feeling well, people don't realize the dose that's been studied for acute infection. So you come back, you're not feeling well, you should take 50,000 international units every day for about three to five days when you're not feeling well. Now, if you talk to any other doctor, they're going to say, no, that's too high. Don't do that. But this is a short-term use for it, but it boosts your immune system at that high dose. So Mm -hmm. most times when you buy it in a capsule form, it's either going to come as 1,000, it could come as 2,000, and it could come as 5,000. So that means you have to take a lot of pills to get that dose. So don't be alarmed by that, but it's only for three or five days. So vitamin D, number one. Next is vitamin C. That's just hands down. We all know vitamin C is good for the immune system. So like airborne or something? Yeah, like an airborne would be, if you're at the store and that's what you've got in front of you, 100% go for airborne. I mean, foods, you can get it from foods, but it's more like fruits, which we don't really want you to eat fruits right now because that's too much sugar. Even though there there is vitamin C, I think the sugar is worse for you. Um, And actually, when it comes to vegetables, peppers, red peppers, yellow peppers, orange peppers, they're the highest in vegetables, um, that by highest content of vitamin C in the vegetable family. So stick to those. And then um, the next thing that most people underestimate is echinacea. I really like echinacea. And you should start that definitely before you go and continue that during your stay. And then obviously for a week or two after, so three weeks. Um, And then zinc, hands down, 50 milligrams, maybe even 100 milligrams a day leading up to your trip, during your trip, and then after. So they're they're basic. And that's all you need to function. Zinc makes me um, nauseous. Is Mm. that a thing? Yeah. Supplements can make you nauseous. Are you taking it with food or without food? With food. Like I I have two multivitamins and I find the one with zinc always makes me nauseous in the morning. The one without zinc does not. Are they the same brand? Yes. Interesting. That's super interesting. Um, What's the dose of zinc? Do you know? I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I'm curious to know because that's an interesting thing. Now I I would say for most people is eat first, take the vitamin after, and that could help. Some people will throw the supplement down first, but the order order matters. So I would say try eating first and then putting the supplement down after and see if that helps. You have told me about probiotics first on an empty stomach. That is the only one I do on an empty stomach every morning. Good. And then it's Everything everything else is with food. Yeah, good. Yeah. And then sleep is paramount. Get enough sleep leading up to the event because you know you're going to lose it while you're there. And then as soon as you get back, that has to be a priority that your entire three, four to five days following your days should be planned around your sleep schedule. Like I need to go to bed by eight. So I need to make sure I'm home from work by five. So I'm not staying late today. I need to make sure I get my work done. Like whatever it is, your bedtime is eight o'clock and you need to honor that. So mm-hmm. that's the one. Sleep is paramount. You can't do anything better than sleep. You could take all the supplements you want, but sleep is what we really need at the end of the day. <laughs> do you have any other tips? Because on that note, <laughs> I need to get my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, we're good. Go get your sleep because that's more important. <laughs> no, really. Was that was that it? Yeah, no, that's it. Okay, but cool. I have one final question for you. When are you gonna up your butt game, girl? Step up, play catch oh up. God, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take a shower right now, so and then go to bed. So I will do um, butt plug in the shower right now for Rizzle right now. Yeah, Ooh. but like the reps, 
that they talk about on that episode with uh, Dr. Emily, yeah, like going in and out because mm-hmm. that's what really needs the the stretching is like the actual sphincter. Mm-hmm. So if you do your reps of going in and out, that's doing what it needs to. All right, you're gonna work out your asshole, your first sphincter. <laughs> My first sphincter. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, girl, I love you. This is a good catch up. I love you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for eavesdropping on our conversation tonight. <laughs> um, you can find us at girlsgondeep at gmail.com and our Instagram is girlsgondeeppod. So check us out there. And I have to mention our sponsor, Horrible Life. So get your hands on your first deck. It's a card game of Have You Ever, All Things Sex and Kink. You can get 10% off your first deck with code Gone Deep. So check us out and stay tuned. We'll be on Amazon soon. <laughs> um, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. I'm V. And I'm L. We'll catch you later. Stay sexy. <laughs> <laughs>